Good morning. You're listening to The Daily Cast, a podcast to start the day on Kilcullen Diary. I'm Brian Byrne, and it's the 30th of April, 2021. Shortly, we'll look briefly at the life of Adolf Hitler's longtime companion and wife, and we will note the 50th anniversary of Kilcullen Credit Union opening for business. But first, the weather. It's going to be much like yesterday. Good sunny spells in the morning giving way to showers in the early afternoon, clearing then to an evening of mostly sunshine. Highest temperature around 9 degrees in light variable breezes. Our person of interest today is Eva Braun, largely unknown to the German public during much of her life, but later revealed as Adolf Hitler's longtime companion and finally his wife. Born in Munich in 1912, Eva was the daughter of a teacher who got a job as a photographer's assistant when she finished school. Her employer was a friend of Hitler's and his personal photographer, Heinrich Hoffmann. She met the man who was to become the leader of Nazi Germany in 1929, and it's believed they began a relationship about two years later following the suicide of Hitler's prior companion. By 1936, Two years after he became Führer and Chancellor of the German Reich, Eva was part of Hitler's household. But he never allowed her to be seen in public with him. His carefully cultivated image was of a man dedicated absolutely to Germany. During the lead-up to the war, and while it was being campaigned, it's believed that Eva Braun was not a political influence, but she was important to Hitler's need for a domestic life. She was also an accomplished hostess at private events and dinners involving the political and military circles close to Hitler. Eva was an accomplished photographer in her own right, and most of the surviving personal photographs and films of the Führer and his inner circle are her work, which it seems she sold regularly to her former employer, Hoffmann. She was a keen skier, interested in sports, fashion and the cinema. In April 1945, against Hitler's orders, she travelled to Berlin to be with him in the bunker near the Reich Chancellery. In the early hours of the morning of 29th of April, Hitler and Eva were married in a civil ceremony. The following afternoon, when staff had heard a gunshot, they entered Hitler's study and found the pair dead. Eva had taken a cyanide capsule. Hitler had shot himself. Eva Hitler was 33 years old when she died on this day 76 years ago. Back to the now and here, and just a week ago today was the 50th anniversary of the Cullen Credit Union opening for business. In a pandemic time there wasn't any possibility of having a celebratory occasion, but during the coming year we'll be marking the fact with a number of stories on the diary and on the bridge. The organisation has been an underpinning part of the Kilcullen community for a long time now. But, like acorns and oaks, it started quite small. The original idea was suggested by the late Brendan Dowling, who operated a garage and petrol pumps at the crossroads. He approached John Brady, then a founder of a parish social group called Club 70, which ran entertainment events in the town hall. It was Brendan's thought that Club 70 would manage to get a crowd for a public meeting on forming a local branch of the credit union movement. Brendan Dillon said to me one day, talking about Club 70, there was after being a concert or something we had done, and he said it was very, he was down at it and he enjoyed it. 
And he said, there's the thing we need in our town. He says, the credit union, maybe Club 70, would sponsor the first meeting. So we did. We went and sponsored the first meeting. I drove to Newbridge and I brought out... Uh, we made inquiries how to go about it. And uh, the credit union was very young at that stage. Or there was no credit union around. And um, I drove to Newbridge and I brought Michael Ryan out. Michael was obviously area representative of the chapter probably at the time. So on the way out he said to me about the uh, the meeting. Now he said, no matter how we manage it, we have to get a study group out of this tonight. He says, you're going to have people who are going to oppose the setting up from Credit Union because their thinking is mostly business people. If the people have ready money, they will shop out of town. And it did come up. Uh, one businessman did stand up and say that didn't think it was a good idea for to give people handy money. Uh, that's how it started. That meeting was down in the, where the, the, in the town hall. The town hall. Did many come to it? I think about 50 came into the chair. Anything between 40 and 50, which would be very good in the town hall and no, no heating in it. You were sitting there frozen, and those years there was no heating. In the hall, well, there was sort of heat, which wouldn't heat nothing. The minutes of that Club 70 sponsored meeting on the 23rd of November 1970 records that Michael Ryan urged the formation of a study group on the night, saying that if it was left until another time, the endeavour would not get off the ground. He promised all the help that other credit unions in the area could give. In the February edition of The Bridge this year, Christy Sheridan recalled the formation of that group. Nominations were sought for a leader of the study group, he wrote. Jimmy Barrett was nominated and accepted. Michael Ryan felt there should be a ballot, so several others were nominated, but all gave acceptable excuses. Then Mrs. Matt Kelly called out Christy Sheridan. Having no creditworthy excuse, I let my name go forward, and to my surprise, I won the ballot. The group first met in the old school behind the hideout. Later it moved to Paddy Nugent's house near the bridge, and after that to the offices of Kildare Auctioneering, thanks to that business's Tom Carter and Michael John Dowling. As Christie recalled in that article, in January 1971, all having fully studied the rule book, it was decided to proceed with the forming of a credit union. Eventually, on April 16th, there was an organisational meeting, which the Credit Union Minutes book records the highest ever attendance at any meeting so far. Officers were elected with Christy Sheridan in the chair, Vice Chair Padre Brophy, Noreen Lynch in the Secretary's role and Jack Kelly as Treasurer. Those same minutes conclude with the words, it was decided that the official opening for business would be April 23, 1971, at 7.30pm to 8.30pm. And at that time, on that date, Kilcullen Credit Union was in business. There have been a number of milestones down the five decades of Credit Union in Kilcullen. The buying of the first premises, a story which we'll get Christy Sheridan to talk about in a future podcast. The building of the current premises, a landmark in the town, opened in July 2005 weathering the turbulence following the 2008 financial crash, and the amalgamation of Kilcullen and Narramore with Kildare Credit Union in 2016. 
There have also been many at the helm of the organisation down those years, including Podrick Brophy, Sean O'Reilly, Timmy Lynch, Vinnie Halloran, Arthur Duffy, Jim Barker, Philomena Griffin, Pat Stafford, and of course, Pat Goulding, who retired from active service with Kilcullen Credit Union in 2013 after being involved for 29 years. Pat also served as chairman of Chapter 7, the regional grouping of credit unions. He recalls being cajoled into Kilcullen Credit Union in 1984 by Christy Sheridan and not knowing much about it. Not an awful lot, no, but I, I went on a fast learning course because I remember um, I, Christy said to me, it'll be only a few hours in the week anyway, so it moved on to be a bit different and I, I I learned fast that I suppose I was had got jobs in there on the credit committee and different things and before I knew where I was then I was a delegate to um to chapter seven, which is the, the regional body. And on a particular night Christy Sheridan said to me, I can't go tonight, he says, but there is a few lines and if you read them out he says, they're they're talking tonight about um the role of the credit union. And um I went when the time came round for the talk, no one was willing to say anything, but I took up a bit of paper out of my pocket, read Christie's words, got a great round of applause, <laughs> uh, to amaze that I knew so much in a short period of time, but I still have to Christie for that too. I think a year or two later I was, um, I became chairman, and um, I was chairman a few times, and I was secretary, and I had a lot of different jobs in there over the years, but all nice, all good jobs, all uh, interesting ones. And, like, you know, probably at a time when the credit union was really um, a different sort of credit union than we have today. In today's credit union, like you, there's an awful lot of learning, a lot of uh, examin- examination being done that you have to kind of um, keep keep yourself up to date with stuff. And it's, it's more professional, I suppose, nowadays. Like, you know, we're, we're probably very much an amateur organisation then. But um, it was still, it still worked and it was it done good for the town and what you were putting in as savings was helping someone else to borrow and the whole thing worked. It was the like the true the true cooperative spirit that was there made the credit union the force that it is probably today. Like you know, but it was a true co- cooperative spirit and it was great camaraderie there with with, with people too as well. And you know, it was it was it was good. It was good for everyone. Today's credit union is used for much bigger business than in the beginning, as Pat Goulding also remembers. But as the years went by, the loans were getting bigger, or people looking them for for maybe for house extensions, or even for house buying sites or buying new cars or whatever. But initially, when I went there first, it was probably you know if you want you're buying a new carpet or getting your kitchen changed or putting in windows or or you know maybe a holiday like some people would use it as, as a means for for going on holidays and um, and then Christmas was a big thing people buying their, their their ties or their bikes or whatever they wanted for Christmas or that so I mean it, it became a very part of a, a great part of a lot of people's lives like It can definitely be said that the early credit unions especially in smaller towns were institutions that would benefit generations beyond those involved in them initially but that wasn't the consideration at the time Probably not at the time. We just felt it was, it was the right thing to be doing, and it was a very worthwhile cause. Like um, you could see the value of, of, of it was to the community. You could see lots of things people uh, doing 
you know, people living better because of what they were able to borrow a few bob or save a few bob or whatever. So, you know, it did work out that way in the end. But I suppose at the time, it didn't seem like that we were uh, doing anything extraordinary, even though when you look back on it now, it was. Pat Goulding. And that's just a flavour of what Kilcullen Credit Union has been and is. We'll touch back over time on more recollections of this Kilcullen project. But in the meantime, congratulations to all who were involved down the decades to today. And for those of them no longer with us, thank you too. Now to our quick look at the headlines of the day. On our local news, the Kildare Nationalist headlines that a walk-in COVID test centre will be available in Newbridge Town Hall from next Monday. This follows some outbreaks in local schools. It's hoped that the free, no-appointment-needed test facility will help to contain any further outbreaks. The Leinster Leader's main story this morning is a potential delay to Kildare County Council works because of fewer resources and COVID-related delays. While KFM Radio's non-virus main story is the seizure of 11 puppies by Gardaí in North Kildare over concerns about their welfare. The three main national papers all go with the lockdown easing announcements last evening. The Independent headlines everything you need to know about Ireland's summer road out. The Times gives prominence to the phased reopening to begin next week as vaccination plan moves to over 50s. While the Examiner highlights a summer of hope and caution. RTE, meantime, leads with that breaking tragedy of 44 people killed in a stampede at an Israeli pilgrimage site. And that's it for this week from The Daily Cast. I'll be back again on Tuesday. Meantime, have a great bank holiday. I'm Brian Byrne. This is Kilcullen Diary. And thank you for listening through the week.